You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. If it's not electricity, it's infrastructure. Hello, and thank you very much uh, for joining us. So South Africa's infrastructure, as you know by now, has been rated D by the South African Institution of Civil Engineers, or SACE. The infrastructure report card scorecard is based on a five-point scale, ranging from A, which is top class, world class, to E, meaning unfit for purpose or failed infrastructure. Now, the D grade in 2022 is the lowest recorded by SACE. Uh, meanwhile, the Mail and Guardian's 2022 Cabinet Report Card has uh, graded the Public Infrastructure uh, Department with a better B. That report looks at whether government ministers have met departmental targets. We speak to Sibusisong Kabinde, Group Executive at Service, about a public infrastructure in South Africa. Thank you very much. Uh, for joining us this evening. Yeah, hi, hi, Dudu, and good evening to you and your listeners. So it may seem obvious, but how would you rate uh, public infrastructure management in South Africa? Um, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's not so great, but, uh, you know, in, in, in my view, that simply says there's a lot of work to be done by us, the, the private sector, and, and with the public sector, no doubt. So, yeah, we've got our work cut out. What exactly needs to be done? So we've got somewhat 93,000 um, uh, buildings, uh, you know, by the South African government uh, and the portfolio has that many buildings. Where are the problems and what are some of the solutions? Yeah, I think one of the, the, the key problems is one of uh, capacity. You know, you, you've got a, you know, you're sitting at a country of, uh, you know, 60 million people and Within that particular country, the majority of the skills are, are in the private sector, which is which is where I am. Now, if I just bring it closer to home in the facilities management space, which we play in, um, you know, we're always endeavouring to partner with uh, with the public sector. So we've done some, you know, uh, public-private uh, partnerships where it's been quite successful, um, and and certainly, um, you know, we bring the best of breed in terms of skills to partner. So. My view of it is it's about the in, intended efforts by both uh, the private sector and the public sector to work together, you know, towards finding the solutions. Because we have the skills, um, we, we, we have the capacity. I think we just need to find each other um, and rather quickly to, to try and solve the problem. Does it take that much to maintain infrastructure? You know, one of the, one of the key things is I think maintaining infrastructure goes without saying it's just like you having a car um, if you don't you know you know take that car in for maintenance uh, check you know every 15,000 kilometers or when it's due well you're going to run into a problem in that that car is going to start breaking down but when you when you keep maintaining that vehicle you probably don't even need to um, you know replace it um, and therefore where we are now is some of the infrastructure is so old that it needs replacement and that's going to cost money had we done proper you know, um, assessments of, of the and done maintenance schedules, I think we'll be in a far better position. But we are where we are. Uh, but I believe not all is uh, lost. This lack of capacity you speak of on the part of a government, uh, what do we put that down to, right? Is it financial management? Is, a la- is it a lack uh, of skills? You speak of public-private partnerships. And so in trying to understand who needs what? So you've got uh, what government needs, but what is it that they need exactly? Look, I think the, the majority of the problem comes with skill. And then the second problem I think that you find is, is probably these uh, competing priorities, you know, because 
you, you know, you find on one hand that you, you may have the budget in place, but uh, when you look at some of the, you know, lots of things that, you know, need to be done, the prioritization then, I think, uh, you know, becomes lacking. And therefore, that's where we, where we are. So we really need to invest in the skills, but certainly we need to probably focus our priorities a bit better. And I think then that's how you start seeing, you know, things happen. You know, for example, I, I think 877 classrooms were meant to be built, I think, in, in, this, in this last financial year. We're nowhere near that. Um, and, and certainly, you know, as you know, you know, we've got school, sh- you know, class shortages at the moment. Now, had we, you know, had we prioritized properly, I think then, you know, things would have been a bit better. But I mean, certainly the, the key thing is we as the private sector, um, you know, are quite committed to working together with, uh, with, with the government and public sector to, to ensure that, uh, you know, we, we move this country forward. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we cited that 2022 Cabinet Report uh, card, right? And the Public Works and Infrastructure Department getting um, a healthy B. That's because the majority uh, of government buildings that were destroyed during the floods in April, partly why they've gotten that B, is because they they were fixed. And so there's also some wins, right? There's, there's where government is getting it right. Absolutely. Yeah, and they are getting it right. And I think, you know, um, for me, the, the, the magic of it is we, we can't expect the you know, government to solve all the problems. I think this, this beautiful country of us requires all of us to, you know, to, to get involved and get stuck in. Therefore, when opportunities come around, you know, we've got to respond um, you know, accordingly and, and, and play a role. I think there's so much infrastructure that needs uh, fixing. There's so much capacity that's required. Um, and I think also, it's not only about big business. Um, you know, we've, we've got to partner with SMEs and we've got to empower um, women businesses so that you know, we can play a role. I think that we've got the opportunities. I think we just need to laser focus on, um, you know, working you know, a bit more smarter. And I think a collective response to solving the, the issues. Like you said, it is our country. So what is it that Busiso, Lerato, Dudu can do? If anything, uh, you know, it starts with you. You know, don't you know? Pick up the the litter. Don't litter. You know, it's the small mm. things that start. You know, be accountable. You know, um, you know, say what you do and mean what you say. And I think you know, get involved in 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 just ensuring that you know, in good citizenship. And I think that's where it starts. It's just the basic values. And I think that's how you know you start transforming as a country. I don't think. We should be uh, giving up. I think there's hope, and I think hope is what uh, keeps us going. Yeah, uh, but there are some risks as well, right? So while there are things to commend, there are risks. Just, well, the main one, at the moment at least, um, being um, a consistent energy supply. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. It's very disruptive. Um, but you know what, I, what, I've, what I've seen about this, this risk? You know, it... it it appears to me that, you know, even your, your ordinary citizens, they're starting to take action in that, you know, you see, you know, a lot of homes having, you know, your, your, your solar-powered system, they have inverters. Sure, it's unaffordable to an extent at the moment, but I think, you know, it's just like with technology. Many years ago, you know, it was quite unaffordable to, 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 to get access to technology. You, 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 you flip to now, um, every single child... Um, you know, around the country, almost every single child has got access to a smartphone. There's data. They're able to connect. They are learning. 
Now, you can imagine um, how much that could be powerful going forward. So these are very disruptive and they're real. Um, but I certainly think it's time to act and it's time for all of us to, 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 you know, to get involved and try and shape this country forward. I think it's a multi-year uh, problem we're trying to solve, but it starts with one yeah. thing. Yeah. Sure. So the aliens risk barometer for 2023, it's a yearly business risk ranking. Uh, it shows top three risks in South Africa. The first being critical infrastructure backlogs, uh, citing power disruptions, failures of aging dams, bridges and rail tracks. So those being top in South Africa, but also cyber incidents are a sec- uh, ranked second and business interruption, which includes supply chain uh, being third. So when we take a look at all this talk about uh, the fourth industrial revolution and you can very well argue that the world has even moved further uh, right um are we thinking about those ways uh, we talk a lot about uh, artificial intelligence etc so infrastructure where cybersecurity is concerned look I, I think we are thinking a lot about that i mean if you just consider i, I think alone in south africa you are starting to see lots of institutions uh, training young kids actually I'm sure you've seen, you know, uh, coding um, that's for free. It's offered for free at schools. Um, so I think we are embracing that. Generally, South Africa, I think, you know, when you talk technology terms, you know, we talk about T, you know, T minus two, you know, T minus five. I think we probably range between the T minus minus two and T minus five. We're always about five years or three years behind, you know, catch up. But when we do, uh, we you know, we catch up quickly. In fact, most of the of our skills here in South Africa are well sought after when you talk about cyber security. So it tells you that we are making strides and trying to catch up, but it, it just is not uh, fast enough. And, and this is why education just becomes quite important and building that capacity. I think, you know, when you've got a very well-educated nation, I think you, you, you can change the world. Fair enough. Let's go a couple of steps back and actually talk about why infrastructure is so important, right, for for development. Um, and not just in South Africa, but uh, continentally, right? So there's a lot of talk about the African Continental Free Trade Area Act, which hinges firstly on the free movement of persons, but secondly, functioning well infrastructure. Look, I, you know, I think for, you know, for, for one to attract, uh, you know, uh, investment into the country, you know, foreign investment, uh, your investors require that you've got power, you know, your roads are working well, you've got a, a, a very good, you know, you know, transport network where things can move around, you know. Um, and, and certainly then against that, you know, against that view, these are the things that will, will you know, determine whether somebody is going to put in investment in, in, you know, in the country. But then there's there is a, there's also something to be said about that in that if the investors are seeing that there are really concerted plans and efforts being made to um, you know close the gap you know the gaps where we are lacking they are more likely to you know to be part of the solution in terms of investing so the the reality of it is that I think if we don't maintain our infrastructure and it's not kept well we are definitely going to uh, you know not be not going to be a very attractive country to to attract that mm. investment that we so need. Um, to, to move forward, yeah. but I think you know, as, as you know, for me, I think having a very vibrant private sector, very vocal for that matter. You know, um, we've got very good leaders and very good skills in South Africa. I think that that you know that that stands us in very good stead. We, we're not going to get to to work. Yeah. Speaking of which, so how do we make it happen, right? So how do we connect the two? Uh, you spoke very much of public-private partnerships. How do we make it a reality? 
you know, I, you know, I think that what what we need to do is um, more of these opportunities that talk to you know public private partnerships. Firstly, we need to stop talking about them as as dreams, and I think mm. it's things that have got to be very clearly articulated in the plans. And I look forward to seeing what the you know plans look like in the budget speeches this year. It's got to be very constructive and clear things. We as the private sector, we 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 can perform well when we have got clear direction and clear policy around these issues, and then we can participate. But certainly, um, we're quite ready to, to work with the public sector to, to solve the problems. I mean, if I can tell you one of the pub, you know, a triple P uh, arrangements that we've, we've had for the past six years has worked very well. Um, you know, and, and, and that's, that's testament to the fact that you know, we, we are collaborative. So we require that collaboration to, to and, and openness, and, and we're ready to, you know, to work. But we must also be open to working with um, SMEs because that's where the you know the jobs are going to come from. Um, it's not only about big business. We must we must open the landscape. Hundred percent. Thank you very much to Group Executive at Servest, Sibusiso Ngabinde. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at seven pm. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.